the thing for me with younger people getting out of beauty school, you have to work because there's so many times people, I mean, what we do in the industry is far from glamorous. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fun opportunities, but it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I've had assistants that are like, oh, that's too much. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. do that. And I go, and that's okay. And then this industry probably isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And others are like, yes, they jump in feet first and they are just running. I'm going to be the first one there and the last one to leave. And I was like that for many, many years. And it was really good for me and my career and just learning. And there's been, there's been a lot of times where, you know, you hire people um, for a union show and you have expectations and you're not always fulfilled with those expectations of that person. I'm very mindful and very aware. And I've had other people who go, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I go, do you want to learn? And they were like, yes, teach me. And then it changes the atmosphere. And it's like, yes, you're doing an amazing job. This is something that's really awesome. There's many ways to do it. This is the way I do it because I found it works really easy for me. And, you know, when you have someone, and I just don't want to beat it to ground, but like my mother says, when you participate and you have people who want to participate, things happen and magic is created. excited for you to join me this week on part two Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast with my dear friend and guest, Dean Banowitz. Dean is a hair designer, educator, innovator, and entrepreneur. And listen in as we have this authentic conversation, our continued conversation from last week's drop about the showing up, the willingness to learn, the willingness to share information and the legacy one that's leaving and the importance of life and balance as we know it today. I look forward to you joining us. Take a, take a pull up, a chunk, pull up a log. Here we go. Once you accomplish something that you're fearful of, it gives you so much self-confidence and so much power. And it was, it was just an awesome experience. And then you know, doing that, I would, I d- wasn't doing any, any TV shows because it just consumed me. Yeah. And so then I went back into the, uh, the world of TV hair. And I remember I started. What year, what year was that? Um, it was, let's see. Oh, nine. Okay. It was probably the, I'd say around. 20, I'd say 13, 13, 14. Okay. And I was just kind of day playing on Dancing with the Stars and different shows. And then um, started working, you know, on the team for So You Think You Can Dance. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm becoming like a dance hairdresser, which is a whole different world. It's a whole different way to do hair. Yes. The anchor, locking, attachment, all of those things. And then uh, um, I just continued in that niche. And then American Idol asked me to come back. So I went back to American Idol. And then I took over So You Think You Can Dance. And then they added World of Dance. And then I was on the main team for Dancing with the Stars. And you know what? It's been a really awesome career. But I found... And this was probably, um, I don't know, my realization during the COVID quarantine. Yeah. Where, you know what? I don't need to run 25 to 30 shows in a year. My main goal has always been to win an Emmy because I swear to you, I will, you know, being in a family of 15, you got to do something to stand out. (laughs) And so (laughs) I've always, I was like, I am going to win an Emmy. And, you know, recently I was like, why, you know, that's my main goal. And that's really been a focus. And, but then why am I taking shows where I'm never going to get a nomination? Mm. 
You know what I mean? And, it, and I, it's not a waste of my time. It's a wasted opportunity for someone else mm. that would love to work on a game show or mm. would love to work on one of those, those shows to get their wings and to really establish themselves within the industry. And so that's been my main focus is just to take shows that challenge me and my creativity and push me to create different unique things for shows. And that's kind of where my alignment is right now. And I'm, I have never felt more content. So that's very interesting. So this all, this epiphany, so to speak, came to you during the pandemic when, let's face it, entertainment industry shut down. And it shut down like whatever stream of income you had, I don't care if you even had multiple streams of income because you and I both have spaces attached to our, our homes. Right. We see clients, all that stuff. But even then, I don't know about you, I'll speak for myself, you know, going back to being a little girl, I was always the girl that did follow the rules. So I was like, man, I'm not challenging my license. Personally, I know clients need things. So how am I going to solve this problem? I happen to do it through a color product line that I use that does not use peroxide that's all water activated. So I immediately, when the country shut down, I was like, okay, I know I don't do this computer stuff so well and we don't do social media and all that, but but I'm going to go there and I'm going to start to FaceTime with people. And, and, and also to be frank with you, and I think we probably had this kind of conversation, being that my love is hair and yes, I love makeup, but being that I came into the industry doing both at the same time. And then when the union stuff came about, I happened to just be on a show, i.e. Mad TV, that when union, I was a key makeup artist. That's how I got decided because I was ready to go in the hair end. So nobody knew that I did hair the way I did hair. Long story short, go forward, you're doing your thing, pandemic hits. I've always been doing clients, but now I'm gonna go a little bit more public. And you speak about the jealousy and all the things. Well, forgive me, but our little known industry is not the, it's kind of like the crabs in the bucket as I describe it. Right. The crab trying to get out of the bucket or do something better all the crabs want to pull them down. So I had to get past all those limited beliefs that I felt I was being faced with. And having had this product that I knew I could just hear around the country, women are going, how the hell am I going to cover these grays? What am I going to do? My hairdresser doesn't have the capability because that hairdresser who rents a chair in a salon gets their products from the person who owns the salon. They're not even backing all that they have no they're, they're not they're, they're not set up so I ended up doing this thing where I literally would consult like this consult custom blend a product and literally drop ship it to their front door Love that. and then do a consultation like this where they'd have to apply it while I walked them through it and they would have their hair colored. And that was to me solving a problem in the initial time. And within those first two or three months, that was working until people could get back into the salons. Sure. Um, it didn't solve the world problems. It solved problems for just me getting some cash flow, people feeling satisfied, people feeling heard, so forth. Um, during the pandemic, I feel that that was for any one of us who were like thinking people, it did make you step back and go, what, what's my purpose and what's my passion and what's important? Yes. And I finally got to live in my house. Correct. I on set for 12 hours a day. And, and you I'm love like, your house. I love my house even more now. Yeah. Same. And it did help, you know, for me, because um, right after we got back to work, I completely refied my house, which was great because I hadn't done it in 17 years because the interest rates were never attractive. 
Yeah. And so that change, that was a game changer for me with just the mortgage amount and just it would free up some time, um, yeah. you know, to pursue some other avenues as well. Yeah. Well, and pursuing other avenues and not running yourself ragged and trying to be the pleaser because let's face it, whether it's your, because you're the 13th child, God willing, lucky, or you're in the army, or you're with blue hair ladies, or you're, you know, trying to find your way in LA in the entertainment. There's all, and serving clients, be it personal, celebrity, or the everyday person who just says, I would love you to, you know, to right. magically transform me. You're still a form of a pleaser. Oh, for sure. Right? Because at the so end of the day, we're in service. We're in a service. In service, industry. completely. So it comes to a point where we're excellent at pleasing others. Are we pleasing ourselves? So here the pandemic comes and you have this moment of space and time and, you know, I don't know how quiet it was for you it was um, or how quiet you chose to make it. And then you have these revelations. So what started to influence you at that point? Well, it's being... <laughs> Because nobody obviously knew how long the quarantine was going to be. Um, and that the first two weeks, I don't think I've ever slept so much in my life. Where I would, I would literally shut my phone off and not set an alarm. And I would just wake up when my body wanted to get up. And after two weeks, I felt better. And I was like, you know, there has to be a balance. And, you know, what is, what is uh, feeding your soul? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, do I really want to work on set from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m.? No, I don't. Because mm -hmm. guess what? I could do two clients and make more money than I'm going to make that day on a set. Yes. And so when I you know, and I'm grateful for, you know, the healthcare and the pension and all of those things. Yes. But I'm also mindful of my body and living my life and taking it into a different direction that actually feeds me. And that's yes. another reason why I love this industry, because I've been in it for over 30 years and I've done so many different things within the realm of being a cosmetologist. Yes. And, you know, growing up in Iowa and being at Bill Hills College of Cosmetology at that time, I thought my only option was supercuts. Yeah. You know, and I love my mom would say, as long as there's supercuts, you will always have a job if you, <laughs> want, if you want to work, because there's people who don't want to work and they won't have a job, but you're right. motivated enough that you will find a place to work. It might not be your end all be all, but you will always work. And that's why I love this industry too. And recently in the past year and a half, I've shifted a lot because I lecture to, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20,000 students a year at different beauty colleges throughout the U.S. And, you know, I, I get the same questions. How can I do what you do? Mm -hmm. What do you look for in an assistant? And, you know, when you start to look around within our realm, within our industry, um, a lot of people are not very proactive to give advice to people. No, they're not. And my thing, and I've, I've been, I've been clowned on before by fellow hair people in the industry going, why would you do that? Why would you give that information away? And I, and I'm, my answer is like, why wouldn't I, I right. go, they're going to take your job. And I go, there's only one Dean. Right. I, anybody can do hair, but there's only one you. Right. Why are you special? What do you bring to the table? I don't care about them. All I am is giving them guidance, whether they right. choose to use it or not and participate is up to them. Right. But when you give it away, you get it back tenfold in other, in other areas as well. Right. Right. And so that's when I decided to do the online training program. 
and just do online classes. I, I have one right now, the, um, the Dean's List of the Beauty Business, because people have questions. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we started, it was either New York or LA, yeah. maybe Chicago. But now, oh my gosh, there's Miami, there's Atlanta, there's Nashville. And and in and each one of those areas, they're doing so many different things. So if you want to work in TV, you don't have to be in New York or L.A. There yeah. are so many different options. And so many people don't they're not aware of that. And they're like, but why don't you go to Atlanta? And I go, because I love the life that I've created here. Yeah. I don't have I don't have children and I'm not married, so I don't need to worry about a school district that I'm going to send my kids to or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it just, just, just it literally depends on what roadmap you want to create for yourself and just having having the tools and the knowledge to make that constructive decision yourself. Yes. You can create whatever it is you want to create, providing you have some concepts and ideas of where to go and, and what's going to be expected of you. So speaking of the shifts that have occurred in the industry because of being here in LA and you got here in 2000, I got here in 92. When I got here, having had my career that started in Chicago, where I started my career there in film, I had my own photo studio. New York had the Eastern boarded states, all 13 Eastern boarded states in the union. Chicago had a hundred mile radius and LA had the rest of the country. And there hadn't been yet this runaway, as they call it, runaway business. Right. And if you wanted to be in entertainment, you had to be in a union, most likely. Doesn't mean you couldn't do non-union work because most of us start in non-union work. That's right. how you get into union work. But now, because there are so many communities of work, which is fantastic, but you talk to people who are out of these Maine, LA, or New York, and we're in the United States. You technically, and things are shifting within the hair world. I mean, let's face it. You and I went through education for 2,100 hours. I in Illinois, you in Iowa. Now California's just passed a law that it only takes a thousand hours for somebody to get licensed and to go out into the world and do what they do. Correct. And you and I both know, even with getting your license, plenty of people walk out after 2,100 hours and they're not ready to have a clientele. You know that. And I, I know that. that. Um, and I know when I got out, I did not want to sweep floors and wash hair. I wanted to build a clientele and I right. wanted to get to business. And thankfully, I was allowed to do that because of the people that I was aligned with. But most people don't know how to solve problems. They don't know how to work with outside of one hair color line. You know, they haven't accomplished lifting a head of hair with bleach. Um, they, they don't know everything from clipper cuts to, you know, uh, having a, an artistic intuitive instincts of being fashionably forward. And then you bring it into the entertainment world. And this is not being negative. We're just having a very real guided educational conversation. Right. You know, what do you say to people who are everything from our peers to people who are just learning and, and barely, you know, they're in school or coming out? What do you say to people? Well, listen, that one of the biggest things for me is, and I, again, I'm going to just relate it to this, this online, you know, course academy stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, because so many people, you know, we're at home, it's something you can do online, all of that. My ultimate goal is, you know, well, I should backtrack. When I'm doing stuff on set, and I'll have another union hairdresser come up to me, I'm like, oh my God, how did you do that? Can you show me? And I just assume that if you're doing this, you know. Right. I feel like I feel like every hairdresser is the same. I, I know that's the wrong thinking, but I feel like when you're in the union, you should have some sort of, of extended knowledge about 
everything, not, you don't have to be a specialist in everything, but have just an understanding of buildings, construction, attachment, all of, all of that sort of thing. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, maybe I should just open this training program up to some senior people as well. Cause I love learning. I love to yeah. take a class. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. If it, if that process intrigues me, I'm all about it. I, cause I, I, whenever you want to stop learning, you can stop in the career because that's the key for me. Or stop breathing. Yeah. You have to, you just have to continue to want to learn. Yeah. And the thing for me with younger people getting out of beauty school, you have to work because there's so many times people, I mean, what we do in the industry is far from glamorous. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of fun opportunities, but it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I've had assistants that are like, oh, that's too much. I can't, I can't mm -hmm. do that. And I go, and that's okay. And then this industry probably isn't for you. And others are like, yes, they jump in feet first and they are just running. I'm going to be the first one there and the last one to leave. And I was like that for many, many years. And it was really good for me and my career and just learning. And there's been, there's been a lot of times where, you know, you hire people um, for a union show and you have expectations and you're not always fulfilled with those expectations of that person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I remember the first time I hired a person, it wasn't the first time, this first time hiring this particular person, and I just needed them to do a braid. Mm -hmm. And I think a braid is very simple. Mm -hmm. And they had no clue how to do a braid. And I was mm -hmm. like, then it just throws a red flag up for me. And I was like, well, you know what? do you want to learn? And they're like, mm, not really. And I go, okay, then that tells me about the person. Right. And then I put a little do not hire next to that name. So I'm more prepared because right. if you wanted to learn, we would have taught you then and there. Yeah. To, to give you a new skill. And they just were flat out. No, I'm good. And they go, mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. And then it puts more stress on other people. So I'm very mindful and very aware. And I've had other people who go, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I go, do you want to learn? And they're like, yes, teach me. And then it changes the atmosphere. And it's like, yes, you're doing an amazing job. This is something that's really awesome. There's many ways to do it. This is the way I do it because I found it works really easy for me. And, you know, when you have someone, and I just don't want to beat it to ground, but like my mother says, when you participate and you have people who want to participate, things happen and magic is created. I hate when I go on sets where the hair department doesn't talk to the makeup department. I don't know how a show works like that. And every show that I am ever on, I have a tight relationship with hair and makeup and wardrobe because it is up to the three of us to really create magic and beauty and yes. you know to create profound looks yes and fun that's what we're here for well you you know you just said something and it is really interesting because i've had both experiences where the creative collaboration is just so in, it's just so intertwined i mean because i started out in the non-union world and i was designing hair and makeup well that that was that. And then I worked with wardrobe and costumes and, and that was just what it was. And I had even started out as a stylist. So I just had great respect for interaction. And I was a trained filmmaker, a trained storyteller. So why wouldn't we be collaborating? This is what we're doing. It's a collaborative art. Why wouldn't you be communicating with each other? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? So I found it over the years as that dissension started to reveal it's unfortunate what I refer to as not ugly head, but just like, who are you? Why are you even doing this business? If you don't want to talk to people, if you don't want to be kind, if you don't want to be giving, if you, if I am your enemy and I barely walked in a trailer and you and I have never interacted how does this work? It doesn't. No, it does not. And, and, and 
I, I just found that um, I just want to find my tribe. Yeah, for sure. And I know what a tribe is like, and it's not, and it's inclusive. It's not exclusive. <laughs> you know, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot and they're like, oh, you're, you know, they think it's just you and your own creativity. And people don't realize that you go through the creative director, you have the EPs to deal with, you have the network to deal with, you have the production company to deal with, and you have producers who want to have an input on not their job. And so the thing for me, and the one thing I'll use, so you think you can dance as an example, I have an 80, 20 rule. As long as I'm happy with 80% of my creative, I will happily bend on 10% for makeup, 10% for wardrobe. And just case in point, you know, we have a creative opportunity and I, you know, it's up to us to create this magic. We'll have, you know, the theme, whatever, a snow globe comes to life. That's our creative concept. Go with it from there. And I go to wardrobe and I'm like, what do you have in mind for the collar? They go, oh, I'd really love to do a high feather collar. Awesome. That means I have to have the hair up. Right. Go to makeup. Hey, what do you guys think? What are you thinking about for looks? Oh, um, you know, wardrobe is going to be doing some lace stuff and I want to do lace appliques. I go, awesome. Hair has to be off the face. So now I know that this is 80% of my creative component. And what I do up here is up to me. Because yeah. I've, 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 I've bent on 10% for makeup and 10% for wardrobe so they can create what they want to create. Yes. And it's so funny because, and I think it's from a family of 15, you just got to get along and you figure a way out to make it all work for everyone. Yeah. And that is, it's 80, 20. I just want to be, I want to be happy and comfortable with at least 80% of the creative that I can bring to the table. And every single time we've had to bend, it's always been magical. And it's always worked because now every department feels heard and seen. And listen, at the end of the day, we just want acceptance and acknowledgement and like- uh, To be loved and appreciated. I mean, that's the deal. And, you know, at the end of a show, we're like, good job, everyone. And when the executives come back, oh my gosh, everybody looked, well, yeah, because we work together. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, is people don't realize how transparent it is when it comes to our departments. If we are either seamlessly going down that train track together versus everybody's in their corners excuse me how do you not know that this isn't like smelling like shit right now like you don't people it's an energy thing and how did you get taught did you not get taught learning to live together is the answer to all things did you not get taught how to play in the sandbox that goes back to very early point in our conversation did you not get taught how to share the ball right did you not get taught how to raise each other up and not just take because you decided it was for you to, to take? This is a give and a take so we can raise each other up and accomplish it. And by the way, we're working, we've got millions and millions of dollars riding on our shoulders every time we step onto these jobs. Every time. But, but most people, Dean, and I think you would agree with this, most of our peers never think of it from a business perspective that way. Oh. They're just like, do I look cute? And do I have all the pins that I need or the makeup brushes? No, it's not about that. Right. It's such a much bigger picture. And look at, I, I mean, I love that that's what people think, but I, I come into it like thinking like an executive producer, like how can I, how, how am I going to make this something that people want to talk about in a good way how am i gonna make it where they never had to think twice about what i was showing up doing because i was 10 steps ahead um well and, and you know, how i go ahead the thing the thing to also really to honestly to take into consideration is you want to work smarter but more effectively and so within your department and i'll just take again so you think 
you've got 10 contestants. Each contestant has three numbers, three different looks. So every single person that's on my team, and I, I might come across as a drill sergeant, but it's all in love. And I'm like, what, what are you going to do to hairstyle number one that's going to make hairstyle number two and three work? What is your roadmap? And yeah. talk me through it. Because if there's something where I can help and, you know, align it differently. So let's, let's just, I'll take you, for example, let's say you're a dancer mm -hmm. and we know your first look is going to be a period look, and we're going to put you into a finger waved wig. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to do um, a, a hair wrap or whatever it is for the wig. All right. So number two, uh, competition dance number two is going to be contemporary classic where they want a texture and they want emotion and movement all right we got that established and your third style is going to be ballroom and it has to be structured and it has to be established so first thing we're going to do is put a we're going to put a scalp braid a cornrow a dutch braid whatever you want to call it a tiny one quarter of an inch from crown to nape and we're just going to hide it in there nobody's going to see it the next thing we're going to do is take your hair and we're going to do a cute figure eight pin curl we're going to pin curl your entire head and we get you set for a wig wrap, right? Get your mm -hmm. wig cap on. And now everything works effectively. So you do your first number. We take that wig off. We drop those pins out. And mind you, it's a live show. We take those pins out. So now you have this beautiful undulating figure eight wave texture. We take the side panels, braid them, attach them in the back, and then sew them to that cornrow. So when you're dancing and you flip up, it doesn't flip over and hit you in the face. And you come off stage and we, we take that braid down, we brush the hair out and we start to put it in a structured French twist. Because that cornrow is there, we now have something to sew it to and yeah. pin it to. So fundamentally, it's not gonna move. And that is your roadmap of hair. And I've had so many hairdressers come up to me after a show and go, this show, is giving me life back for hairdressing. And I go, you just have to, you have to use critical thinking to make your, your job easier and more seamless so we can accomplish it. And it just forces you to think differently about the process of what you're doing so we can all work together. Because if you know exactly what to do, we can help you. Because now you can give us guidance on your map that you've planned out for yourself correct well and what you just talked about was like getting a four-year college degree but in application right. and i think for people who come from live shows like a dance competition show like so you think you can dance or coming from sketch comedy even though i came from feature yeah. film and fashion sketch comedy to me whether it was live taped or both absolutely in your in your costume changes just like you you had to deliver when your actress and actors were going through three and four and five characters in one night in an hour show you had to deliver and you had to have that planned out right and there was no messing it up and what i found was really interesting was <clears throat> When we first, when I first got into the union, and this was after now, I think I had seven to 10 years experience between Chicago and my first three years here. And I had already been personal to people and I had already headed up a lot of projects. But I saw lots of people in both departments who did not know a front lace wig, did not know contemporary blowouts, did not know how to finger wave, did not know how to remove an eyebrow, did not know how to do lots of different things and it wasn't a judgment it was just an observation and these are people who were working and I thought how how does how does this work how do people get in here and how are these people working all the time and and what what so what makes the success of a of a career and there lies a big gapping question because you have extraordinary foundation. I'd like to think I have extraordinary foundation, but I'm also gonna talk about something very straight up. You're a six foot four man. Right. You, okay. Beyond. 
<laughs> when you give instruction, there is just something that's respected about that. When a five foot four female gives right. instruction, I'd like to think that that is respected as well. But in our society and in a lot of places, that's just not always, the ice cream doesn't go down the same way. That is correct. So there's, there's, that is a very different, now we're talking about different trajectories. Okay, I don't look at myself as behind the eight ball, but that's a reality check. Then, but I also don't want to go through life being considered a bitch. Right. I don't get joy out of that when I'm really trying to help us get to point from point A to point Z. And then I also see that there are a lot of people who don't want to be told what to do. Well, I also don't want to micromanage you. Right. But if I need to help get this train across the, you know, to the next port, it might be that that's what has to happen. Especially if you're not taking on your own initiative, which we talked about early on in this conversation. Take initiative. It's what it's about. You know, and the, the, the thing too is I'm very clear in terms of the show that we're working on. For example, mm -hmm. um, World of Dance. Every group has a choreographer. They're the executive producers of that number. Yeah. So they have input. They have a specific look they want. So when I'm talking to my team, I'm like, here's the inspo concept from the choreographer. As long as we stay in this vein, we're good to go. But when, when I look over and you're doing something completely different because it's your concept, we have to have a reality check because it is not your concept. Yeah. You are an integral part of a vision that's not necessarily yours. Yeah. So if you're the if you're the creative captain, then awesome. But you're not the creative captain on this particular show. Yeah. So I, I established that right up front. Don't take it personally. Um, and I, one thing that always kind of gets me too is, you know, we have rehearsals. We have rehearsals for a reason. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you know, the, the thing is, is when I have a hairdresser goes, uh, oh, but do we need to do this all during rehearsal? And I go, yeah, that's why it's rehearsal. <laughs> it's a live show. If we, if we mess up during the rehearsal, then we can course correct. We can make the changes that need to happen. We can't do that during a live show. And it's, it's so funny to me when people ask, uh, do we need to do the changes for the rehearsal? Yeah, we do. So let me ask you something in your 30 years, but more importantly, in, since, since you arrived in 2000 and then started Idol and going forward, you know, what have been your observations? You work with some extraordinary old school, classic trained people, yep. and you've worked with a lot of people who have had no experience. Correct. And your observation of where we are in the trajectory of the business and the business of, of um, talent and, and how people are showing up as a package. Like what, what is your observation? I'm sure it's fairly positive, but I want it to be real. Well, you know, the, the, I'll relate this to Legendary, which is a, a show on HBO Max. I'm the, I don't run the show. Geraldine Stevens is the department head and Kimmy Messina is the key. And I feel like I'm kind of the unofficial third or fourth because I'm there all the time. And I love the input and I love the creative nature of it all. But what I love about that show is we, we are celebrated for our specialty. Like for me, I'm an embellisher. Like I love to take a style and take it to the next level in, in ways that you wouldn't be able to, you, know, you wouldn't be able to do that before. You know, am I a great finger waver? Yeah, I can nail it if I need to. But if there's a, somebody else who can do it in their sleep, yes, let's utilize that talent. So I get a finger, a wig that's been finger waved and it is solid. 
and they bring it to me because then I jewel the S, the C shapings and to, cause I wanted to play to the back row and the audience and, and, you know, we have, there's one guy who, you know, worked for Disney for years and his, his, his character wigs are epic and he'll, you know, we, it's a show where you work together to create. And there was one girl this season and I go, Hey, do you need help with that? And she goes, Oh no, no, no. I can do this myself. And I go, you know, it's, I'm, I have no doubt you can do it yourself, but I just want to let you know, this show is collaborative. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because that was a prep day. There were no contestants there. The day of the show, she was like, oh crap, I need some backup because we work together and, and you have to be comfortable in your own skin to accept help. And I think that's the start because we all have our specialties, talents and so on and so forth. But the thing too is like, I want you to feel comfortable enough to go to someone else and go, hey, could you help me with this? I'm kind of struggling with this process. And sometimes that, that troubleshooting, if you will, is such an important part of what we do. You know, I remember on Dancing with the Stars, Gail Ryan, she's amazing. I love, I have so much respect for her. And I'm like, I'm like, Gail, can you teach me how you do that thermal, like finger wave, like style? And she was like, absolutely, let's do this. And so when someone's freely available to, to, to give you that knowledge and share something that they're really amazing at, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not going to say I'm never going to be as good as Gail, but if I want to, I have to put in the work and I have to yeah. participate. Yeah. And when someone gives of that knowledge freely, just accept it and know that this too shall pass. Cause listen, we need to pass on the craft to other people. Yeah. That's why I love the show because we work together so well. You know, and a lot of times we show up to work and I'm like, oh, well, I need to build, I need to build pippy long stocking braids or ponytails that stick out. All right, how can I reverse engineer this? How can mm-hmm. I make it work? What's, mm-hmm. the, what's my foundation? What, and it makes you think differently about that process. And I, I mean, it should be a hair challenge show because it's insane and the stuff we do is crazy. But I love that we get to work together and we're like, you know what, this isn't working. Oh no, crisscross this, it's amazing. It'll help with structure and, and all, and so on and so forth. And it's just be mindful, be kind and be open to a new process. We don't know everything ourselves. We're here for each other too. I think that's a really good application to life and it's a really good application in business. I think that what has surprised me, I think it really does come down to individuals. I never walked into this business being competitive or thinking that I was being egotistical, but I definitely think that there is a, we are surrounded by people who are very competitive and very ego driven. And, and look at, I'm not saying I'm without ego. We're all, we all have egos. There, there's a big, that, that, that's a given. Um, but I definitely have been taught that this is what's important, that you are only as good as the whole community that comes with you. And the only person you're in competition with is yourself to show up and be the best you can be and how much you can contribute in that moment or moments collectively. Right. And the rest is like, get out of the way and just show up and deliver. So when I come up against energies that are not willing and are, are like brick walls, and no matter how many different ways I try to come in through that wall, I'm either like, well, how am I going to solve this problem? What do you do in that situation? Um, my, well, I've been fortunate enough to be able 
anytime I've been on a project where there's a lot of resistance, I always have to remember that resistance is because of some sort of insecurity. Correct. And it's, it could be their personal, it could be, it could be something completely different. And that's, that is their stuff to work through. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge it. And all I can do is kill with kindness because I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. But if, if it's my show, I'm going to be mindful of who I'm going to hire because I want to hire people that are worker friendly and they can work together. And I think that's really important because people pay attention. And when you're working on shows where it's very collaborative, we, we, we only have space for open minds. Yeah. And, and truly, I think that starts from me as a department head. I have to have an open mind because I might have a whole concept for you to do on this. And they might go, oh, you know what? I've, I've done something like this before. Maybe this will work. And I'm like, yes, I am all for that. If it fits within the creative realm yeah, and the creative time we have to do it, yeah. yes, 100%. Yeah. But then, you know, when you come up against the resistance, oh, I don't know how to braid. I don't want to know how to braid. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a long day and probably your last because I want to be surrounded by yes people who want to participate, who want to learn. And, you know, and listen, a braid is a braid. We, somebody can step up and we can make that happen. But then I also feel like what area could you step up in of a specialty skill that you can contribute? A hundred percent. And and listen, I, there is not, there's not a better feeling. I have literally cried out of joy to see the finished collaborative product that we as a team have created. There, It is a high. I have literally said I could die today and feel like, I rose to the occasion right. because of what we are seeing before our eyes. You know, it's like envisioning something before it ever got executed. It's the, when I come into spaces, I've especially found, and, 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 and I don't know what, I think it's more in this last decade, Dean, to be perfectly honest, there's something energetically I feel that has shifted and I never walk into a room thinking, oh, it's not going to be a good situation. No, on the contrary, I'm excited and, and passionate and don't want anything other than to be that. But I don't know what, what and, I, and, I'm, and I've heard this a lot. So this is like, I feel like I'm representing for a lot of people that something has shifted. And I'm not sure what it is that people are less willing to be yes, less willing to be open, think that they have all the answers, get jealous beyond. So they're now going to make it more challenging. And I'm just like, what, do we, what are you doing here? Like, how, how, do you, how do you like bully people or not treat people well when they're all here because supposedly they're capable? And they just want to show up and take care of the job that they've been hired for. But also more importantly, because maybe they have a family to take care of. Maybe they've got goals. Like, why can't you just work together? And if right. you're not, I'm sorry. And if you're not always in a position of being the lead person, or maybe you're the personal in a team of people that are like upset that you're the personal. And yet you're not doing anything but solving the problem over here. So you're not a problem. That's, that becomes like conflicting. And, and you know, the thing is, we are shifting to a space where people are more comfortable to speak up for themselves also. And Correct. I, and I, I love that because if you don't speak up, you're never going to get the help that you want. Like I always tell people, if you want something, you've got to ask for it because nobody can read your mind. Right. And the thing is, is that's called, and, and I mean, listen, we've all had our failures and that failure is just equated to growth in the future. And you don't need to be afraid to express yourself if there's an issue or whatever. I remember one of the girls on So You Think the hairstyle she did started to fall apart during the dance and she was a mess. She yeah. was, she was 
she was upset. She was like, please don't fire me. And I was like, well, why would I fire you? Number one, we're all human. Yeah. Number two, right now, you can Google that show for the rest of your life and see it. That's enough for you to have to process. Mm-hmm. But you know what I know? I know it'll never, ever happen again because mm-hmm. it pushed you to elevate your career and be more mindful of your actions. Mm-hmm. I'm not, why, why, would, why would I fire you? It's part of archivable history. If you don't take action and make sure it doesn't happen again, then it's on you. It's right. on you. And, I'm, and I, I try to be as respectful as, as possible. And I go, but in the future, if you've got a question, ask. Because then we can work on things together. And that's, that's more of um, a senior person who has that ego who maybe doesn't want to ask. And when they, when they get to the point where it's okay to ask, you're not expected to know everything on your own. And same for me. I'm constantly researching. I'm constantly asking questions and learning how to do things effectively and different. But the thing is, is if you don't participate and apply them, then it's back on you. I get that. And you can also participate and help be of service and support. And that might actually make other people insecure. And that might actually make people not want you around. So there is that side of the coin. Well, and then also, but if they don't want you around, you don't want to be there anyway. No, you don't. So, so move on and find find your own huddle up of people who are on the same page. That's right. And I think that that's a really good lesson to be taught here because I think that you don't know the environments you're always walking no. into that what people don't understand is we basically walk in cold to jobs and whether you're the department head you're the key or you're a day player that is something that every day is a different day at the office and every day we all show up hopefully just being the best person we can be and be the the best contributor as a teammate the one thing to add to that yeah is when you day play you, it, every single thing comes from the top. So when I, I've day played on shows where the department has, I have never met or the key I've never met. Oh, you're going to be here. Here's what you need, but done. And it's, and it's such a disconnect. And the, I would never work on those shows again, but I've gone to shows that I haven't been real thrilled about going to. And it's almost like I've had a red carpet welcome. Oh my God, we have your station set up here. We have products and this, and we, this, is, this works really great. This person loves this product and um, let's get everything set up for you. And like, it's so accommodating. Yeah. And not to the point of nauseam, but it's like welcoming. We are yeah. welcoming you, you to the set. This is new for you. This, yeah. this whole environment is new. And so when I have a department head and key that are like that, that are so welcoming, it changes my attitude and my mindset automatically. It might not be the caliber of of hair I want to do, but you know what? We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to create some really awesome memories and we're never probably going to forget this show. And I think it's really important is to be welcoming. Well, and what you're talking about is inclusivity. And you're talking about setting the tone for the stage for these people coming to support you, to help you deliver what you've been hired to deliver for these producers, for this talent. And there's something to be said for that, to be a good communicator and to make people feel welcome because, because it either goes one of two ways. People either feel welcome, you might not be doing historical creative work, but just being a part of it and being able to walk away going that I will carry forward with me. That's what I want to do for other people. I want to always make sure I make people feel welcome versus when you show up, you don't ever interact. 
you don't have communication, you never understand why things went maybe awry or didn't, or how you, you know, left like with, I mean, people have walked out of sets kind of screwed up. Well, and the thing too is, it's just called being a good human. Hello, but you and I were raised around good humans. It, it seems like it's it's not rocket science. Treat no. people the way you want to be treated, and it's it's going to be a good balance. I always say this: How would you want your child treated? I don't care if you're a parent or not, but it always goes back to children, or your animals, or the flower. A flower needs to be watered. A baby needs to be fed and coddled. Things need to be, you know, it's, I'm not saying you need to coddle people. I'm just saying, give them a little love. It's amazing how far it will go. Nurture so, them. Just, just be grateful that they said yes and that you guys get to go play together. Love that. So coming back to all the things that we've discussed in regards to now where you're at in regards to you created your online course, which I think is fantastic. And you're making different choices regarding the people or the things, the projects that you're choosing to take because you're trying to strike a little bit more balance in your life. How is that looking and how does that feel today? Um, you know what? It, it's, it's early on. So there's always, you know, there's always the, um, the anticipation of it going well. And I say this in a non-narcissistic way. I know that whatever I put my mind to and I'm disciplined, it will work because it's coming from a genuine, authentic place. Um, and the thing is, is I've always said, do what you love and the money will follow. Yeah. And it has always been that way. And it's been, it's been really awesome. Just the... Um, the willingness for people to participate and help. And it's funny because I'm, you know, I ask for help. Like when I, you know, when I need something, I go, hey, I have this in mind. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? And they're like, oh my God, that's awesome. How can I help you do this? And I go, yeah. I love that. Because then it's an open conversation and I feel like when that conversation is open, greatness can really happen authentically. Yeah. And so far, so good. It's been, it's been on track, which I love. Well, and so then in regards to looking forward into your future and what you want your purpose in the world to be and your legacy, what, what would that look like? I mean, even though we hope that you're on this planet for another 40, 50 or more years, what, what does that feel like to you? And what is, what are your goals regarding that? Definitely goals are to really um, create a platform of open education and open area and a space to learn. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, those are questions that are constantly in my head, um, you know, and, and you think legacy, you know, I, I absolutely want to win an Emmy and I know I will in my career because, and I also want to win it for myself, but I really want to win it for my family, Ooh. you know, cause they're invested in my career and they've, they've participated in my career. You know, it's when my high school asked me to come speak at the, be the college, you know, the commencement speaker. And I will never forget my mom was like, oh, it's a bold choice for you because I wasn't <laughs> a great student. And I go, yeah, but you don't have to be a great student. You just have to be a great person. And, um, and she goes, and you are. But it, it was, it, that all feeds the soul. And it gives, it gives, you know, a kid in Iowa the chance to go, whoa, if that happened to him, it totally could happen to me. And it could, it just yeah. changes the mindset and it, it, it just brings about more positivity and just kind of feeding that through and making things happen. Yeah. And so if I can be a conduit to greatness in terms of, you know, how you live a better life or how you learn things more effectively, I feel like that's kind of where I am. Yeah. Well, I think that that is, um, I think if you were 
coming into, and I, I don't want to use the pandemic as like a, a marking point. I think if you came into the pandemic as a good person, hopefully you came out of the pandemic a better person, not because the pandemic's per se per, behind us yet. And depending on when this when this drops, we'll, we'll, you know, but I think, I think we're still dealing with this sadly, but I think that if you're reflective and I think if you want to create greatness and do greater things and leave greater things behind, you're coming from a place of now, what can I get for me? But what can I give back? What can, how can I serve? How can I be of raising a community and a world up what imprint can i leave my reason for doing this platform though it was something i wanted to do over six years ago uh, and then life happened was because i want to create and show the importance of connection and communication i want to show that we need to come together around the campfire we need to share thoughts we need to hear each other. We need to, so when somebody hears this conversation, they will walk away, hopefully enlightened as well as entertained and, 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 and think, think from what they've heard. How do or I maybe, show up? Or maybe participate in something new. Correct, correct. And that if, if inspiring and empowering uh, is, 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 something that I can hopefully do while changing people's lives positively. Certainly, I think you do that. This is why I adore you. And I meant, <laughs> I meant to share with you what I was going to say earlier on. I remember the very first time that you came to a show that I was doing, that you were a contributor on as a contributing guest. And it was the show, The Soap Talk. Remember oh, Soap yeah. Talk? Yes. We never met each other. I don't even know if we ever discussed this before. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. And you were contributing and I remember thinking, you know, who are these people? Never met these people. Certainly I know the show, blah, 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 blah. And I don't remember effectively when our paths crossed, but I just want you to know how much I adore you how much I've always wanted to run with you more, how much I just find to the core and even in our first 10 minutes, I went, well, of course I adore this man so much. <laughs> you come from the same you know, soil I come from. Right. You were raised very similarly and actually went through kind of similar life experiences I did. And it's not about, oh, we have to marry each other. No, but I get it. It makes more sense structurally, uh, internally, heartfelt-wise, why I've been drawn to you in the way and why, why I wanted to bring you into this conversation and, and how much it means to me that you said yes, even after not having seen each other for as long as we have because it, it, I think you're quite an asset to, to the world. I think you're an asset to our industry. I think you're an asset to the hair world. I think you're a genuine human being. I think you're delicious. Thank you so, listen, I love and adore you. I appreciate every single thing you're, ta you're, you're telling me and I'm taking it in and I, and I acknowledge it and I feel like I'm right where I need to be. And of course, the very first time we met, there's a likeness within soul, you know? And I think, I think too, it's important to ask. And I love when people ask, I will always try to say yes, if I can. And I think that's important too, because it, it allows me to participate in something that I don't normally participate in. But when you lean in and you participate, great things are going to happen whether they happen immediately or happen 10 years down the road, be mindful that every single thing you're doing is for a purpose. And if that purpose isn't for good, then stop doing it and do something for greater good. It's just a simple, simple process. And of course, I would always say yes to you. Thank you for having me also. Um, it's been fun. It's, 
so much fun, such a pleasure. And really thank you for all of the, I think, human life foundational structural gifts that are core to how to live one's best life. Show Amen. up. Value, right? Be kind, show up, participate, and 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 be a team player. 100 percent Love you so much, Dean. I love and adore you. This has been very fun. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I am so thankful to have had this opportunity to share Dean Banowitz with you all. He really is quite a talented man and has so much heart and has so much talent and so much to share. And I hope that you were inspired and entertained as much as I was. And I look forward to you continuing to be a part of this community and listen in as I share my guests and their life stories with the world here on the Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast. So join me next week and every Monday as I drop new episodes with guests that I love to share, that I find interesting, and that I love to know what makes them tick and share them with the world. Because here at the Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast, it's all about connection and it's all about conversation. And it's all about where the spirit is young, the soul is wise, and the life stories are vast. And we talk about everything from soup to nuts or what I like to say, from cannolis to egg in the holes and don't forget the s'mores. So join me next week and every week. Share, join, and subscribe and be a part of the Camp Fifi Uncensored community and share it with the world because with that we will get to connect and we will get to converse and we will get to have interesting conversations where we desire to be heard, seen, and learn and entertain. Much love to you all. Have a great week. Bye for now. Oh, oh.